Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. Hey, thank you so much for listening and for tuning in. And also, I got to apologize because I know that I've been all off schedule and I haven't released an episode in a while. There's been so much going on, but I have been thinking about you and I've been missing the podcast, so I'm back. <laughs> However, this is also the final episode of season two of the podcast. So I'm about to start a whole new season coming soon. I promise. I'm really excited about it. And for season three of the podcast, to give you a little background. So season one, when I first began this podcast, it was really focused on interviews. And I was interviewing people who were super interesting, talented, some of whom were experts on love and dating and relationships, others who were just really interesting people who I wanted to talk to. And they had you know, just different perspectives and expertise to share, which I just love. I just love having those really rich conversations. And then in season two, I still did a lot of interviews, but I was focused more on starting to give you, my listener, more practical advice about dating and about how to really address some of the challenges that can so easily arise with dating. And in season three, I'm going to take that even further because season three is going to be all about you. Yes, you listener. I want to hear from you for season three. I want to hear your questions about dating and I'm going to answer them right here on the podcast. So that is what season three is going to be. It's going to be a Q&A. You know, make sure you check the show notes because you'll see a link to submit a question there. But you can submit a question by going to bit.ly. So B-I-T dot L-Y slash Dear Franny Pod. So if you go to bit.ly slash Dear Franny Pod, there's a form where you can submit your question, your dating question for me. And I will maybe answer it on the show. Obviously, I can't guarantee that I can answer your question. I'm going to have to choose the questions that are, well, first of all, they're, they're unique. So I'm not answering the same sorts of questions over and over again. And then additionally, if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you are probably familiar with my four dating archetypes, avoider, looper, surfer, and sailor. And these are archetypes that I designed to really describe and to capture whichever phase you are in right now in your dating journey. Because depending on where you are on that journey, then advice is going to be different, right? Advice is not one size fits all. So you can discover your dating archetype if you haven't already. And again, check the show notes because there will be links there where you can take the dating archetype quiz, but you can also, there's a few different ways you can take it. If you go to any of my social media, so if you go to Dear Franny, to either Dear Franny Podcast on Instagram or just Dear Franny on Instagram, or if you go to bit.ly slash dating archetype quiz, you can take the quiz. It's only 10 multiple choice questions. It takes about five minutes, super easy. And then you will learn your dating archetype. So when you submit your question to me for season three, I also want you to tell me what your archetype is so I can give you advice that's really tailored to exactly where you are on your love journey. So I'm really excited for season three. And I'm really excited to hear from you and to have this be much more of a conversation rather than me just talking to you, um, which is great, but I love to hear from you as well. So really excited for season three. But before we get to season three, I am ending season two with a very special episode. So many of you are familiar with Amari Ice, Amari, the Prince of Hearts. He is a relationship coach. He is a matchmaker for gay black men. He is a hypnotherapist. He is a genius, amazing human being and a friend of mine. 
And he and I are collaborators. So we co-host rooms together on Clubhouse, along with our friend AC Brown. We are actually starting a new podcast. So there's actually going to be two podcasts coming from me soon. In addition to season three of Dear Franny, we are also Amari and AC and I are also launching a podcast called Love, Money and Magic, which is going to be all about manifestation, human design, all the woo-woo. I'm so excited. We're also having those conversations on Clubhouse. So if you're not yet on Clubhouse, by the way, please join me on Clubhouse because I'm having really amazing conversations with people there. And well, Clubhouse is just a fantastic place that I have found such a great community. So there's also going to be a link in the show notes for you to actually join my community on Clubhouse. So I invite you to come and join us and be a part of that. And so this conversation that you're going to hear today, this is a room. If you're not familiar with Clubhouse, that's how we operate. We're in a quote unquote room. Think of it as like an old school AOL style chat room, except for instead of typing, because there's no typing on Clubhouse, we are speaking. And if you're not familiar with it, trust me, it's great. (laughs) So this, and actually, if you're not familiar with it, this will be a little preview for you. So this is a room that I hosted on Clubhouse recently with Amari. So Amari and I are giving dating advice to people who are there, who are coming up to the stage to ask their questions. So this is a little treat for you. You get to hear lots of advice from me and also from Amari, who is brilliant. So without further ado, please enjoy this special episode of Dear Franny Podcast with my special guest, my friend, Amari Ice. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to True Love Tuesday. I am Francesca. I am joined today by Amari Ice. We are going to be giving you all some dating advice. So we want to hear from you. We want to answer your questions. And for those of you who are not familiar with me and Amari or the True Love Society, I'll just give a quick introduction. So. I'm Francesca, I'm a love coach, and I help people to find true love without settling. This is my club, the True Love Society. Amari, I'm gonna let him introduce himself. He's incredible, and today we are here to give you some dating advice. True Love Tuesday is a room that I have been doing every week for many months here in Clubhouse. The normal True Love Tuesday room is on hiatus for a few weeks, but I wanted to come and do this special one because it's just been a while since I've talked about dating on Clubhouse. And that's just crazy because, you know, that's what I do and that's what I love to talk about. So I'm excited to come and do this room today. All right, let's start with you letting everyone know about your amazingness. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, hi, everybody. I am Amari Ice, also known as Prince Amari, depending on where you find me. I am a hypnotherapist, relationship coach, and matchmaker, and I primarily help Black gay men master their romantic magic by transforming their love blocks into relationship gold, developing their dating skills, and enhancing their energetic magnetism so that love becomes inevitable. And this is going to be fun. So, welcome, welcome, welcome to the chat today. Yes, amazing. And those of you who don't yet know Amari, trust me, he has the best advice. He snatches, he snatches wigs, he snatches edges, so but he does it with love <laughs> in a way that's really gonna transform your love life. So I so hope just you brought that. extra wigs today. <laughs> <laughs> We're always prepared. We are always prepared. I encourage you to go ahead and raise your hand if you want to come up and ask us a question. And you do that just by tapping that little hand icon in the bottom right corner of your screen. A couple of ground rules about the questions. So number one, 
please make sure that you have your bio filled out and at least one social media account connected to your profile. And we ask that just so we can make sure that you are coming up to the stage to have a productive conversation and to really get, you know, get your question answered. And, you know, sometimes there are people who like to come up to the stage just to disrupt the stage. And, you know, we don't play that here at the True Love Society. So please do just fill out your bio and connect one of your social media accounts if you would like to come up to the stage and raise your hand and we would be happy to answer your questions. So while we're waiting for that, I guess I'll start with asking you, Amari, What's the number one dating advice question that you are receiving these days? Ooh, I think the biggest question that I tend to get is always around compatibility. What makes someone a good match for you? Um, What makes someone a good fit? How do you tell if this person is the one, or as I like to say, one of them? (laughs) Because I believe that we all have multiple people who are really great fits for us. And so you're not looking for the one, you're looking for one who fits, which can be lots of different people. And it helps to take that pressure off of finding just one person. And then you meet someone who's really cool. And now you're like putting all the pressure on them to be perfect for you. And it just creates this whole situation. So looking at it as one of the people that are good for you versus just the one. So in terms of what makes someone a good match for you, I actually created an acronym to help us remember those five crucial components of compatibility. And match is the acronym. So I'll proceed now and tell you what that means. So I love an acronym. Yeah. Hold on, let me grab a pen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get the pen and I'll definitely repeat it and like uh, summarize at the end. But really quickly, M stands for mission and values. You want to make sure that those key life values that are central to who you are are compatible with the person that you're interested in. And your mission is essentially what you're here to do, like what your major life goals are, which are not the same thing as your values, but generally your goals are what they are because of what you value. And our mission and values intersect to form the foundation of our lifestyle. And so when we talk about finding someone who has a compatible lifestyle, this is what we're talking about. Someone whose mission and values are compatible with ours. Then A is attraction. You definitely have to be physically attracted to your person. It doesn't have to be like this wildfire attraction that's going to burn on the Amazon, but there at least needs to be a spark. If you're not attracted to a person you're interested in, great news, you're just friends. (laughs) So you have to have physical attraction. And don't be alarmed if you meet somebody for the first time and you don't recognize that attraction. Often it can take a date or two before some of us get comfortable enough to let ourselves feel those sexual feelings. So it's not that you should feel a spark as soon as you meet someone, but definitely within the first few dates you should. T stands for temperamental synergy. And so this is all about personality compatibility. So when it comes to personalities, a lot of us have heard the saying like opposites attract. And this is true pretty much, but we are often not actually talking about personalities when we say that. And so an example of this is you have like the whole trope around the good girl and the bad boy, and they're always attracted to each other and it always ends in like disaster, right? They're opposites, not because their personalities are opposite, but because their values are opposite. So opposite personalities can work, meaning you're an introvert and your partner's an extrovert, right? Or you are more planned and organized and your partner's more go with the flow, right? 
that adds complementary talents and strengths and abilities to your unit as a team. And so opposite personalities works really well in a lot of cases. Doesn't have to be a total opposite, but some differences to keep things interesting. But opposite values, they have to be compatible because if your values are not similar, you'll end up growing apart even if you get along, even if you're attracted to each other because your values determine the direction you're traveling in life. So personality, I actually created a personality compatibility test. And so this isn't like one of your quick little Facebook things. Like this is legit as a matchmaker. Like we actually use this. And so you can actually take that at the link in my Instagram bio. And so again, I do work with gay men. So it is specifically like, focus in terms of like language wise on gay relationships, but anybody can technically take it. So C stands for the capacity to meet your needs. We all have certain mental, spiritual, emotional traits that make us feel safe, seen, and are the foundation of that long-term interaction, right? That really makes the relationship feel like it makes sense for you. And those are going to be different for each of us. But when you understand what those traits are, then and only then are you able to determine whether or not someone can meet the needs that you have. And so what people often do is fall for someone who has the potential to meet their needs. But what you really want to look for is someone who has the current capacity to meet those needs. Because if they don't have the capacity now, they might not ever develop that potential in the future. Like potential isn't something that any of us can control. It's something that's totally amorphous and it might develop next week or the next decade or three lifetimes from now. You can't depend on potential. So the only way to guarantee that they have the capacity to meet your needs for the long term is if they have the capacity to meet them now. So that's what you want to look for. And finally, H is the easiest to remember. H stands for hazard free, <laughs> which means neither of you have any of each other's deal breakers. So to recap, M is compatible mission and values. A is attraction. T is temperamental synergy. C is the capacity to meet each other's needs. And H is hazard free. And those are the five crucial components of compatibility. And once you've determined that someone has those things, that's how you know if someone is a good match for you. Franny, back to you. Ooh, Amari, so good. I love that. All right, I want to go back through that. And there were some things I want to talk about, especially like that attraction piece. Oh, yeah. Um, and the capacity piece, because I think those are two areas where people can get really stuck in dating. I don't think, I know <laughs> that's an area where people can get really stuck. I'm going to come back to that. But first, I want to welcome Alvin to the stage. Hello, Alvin. Thank you for coming up and being brave. <laughs> Please tell us, what is your question? So my question would be, um, how can one really find love, right? I know my sound sounds kind of like awkward, but I've been single after my last two relationships and I've been very intentional about like getting into a new relationship, finding true love, really. I know how it feels to be loved for my past relationships. And I think my being intentional about finding someone hasn't really, like, paid off. Yeah, I've met, I've met people that I find attractive, that are nice, uh, have good values. So I don't know, how do you really find love? Seems more like, it's a bit difficult for me. Like, seems more like it's work. Me looking for and trying to meet people, go on dates, like, too much work. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. All right, Alvin. Thank you for your question. That's a really great question. It's a big question, but it's it's awesome. You're in the right place. So... Alvin's question is, how do you find love? <laughs> Just a small thing. 
let me break down how I approach this, right? Like as a coach, when I'm working with someone and they come to me and they ask me that same question and they tell me what, you know, is going on in their love lives and what they might be challenged with or what pattern they're experiencing. It's like, okay, let's just start at the beginning and let's talk about you and let's figure out what you actually believe about love, what you believe is possible for you to have and what you believe you're worthy of having. So my first question for you, Alvin, is do you feel the relationship that you want to have, do you feel like that is possible for you to have it or does it feel far away and impossible? All right, thank you. Um, I feel it's possible. Not like I'm looking for an alien or someone I have to like manufacture. I know no one is perfect, right? I just want someone I could easily like connect with, right? So I could meet people, we have great conversation, we just share stories and that's where it ends. Like, there's not really like a connection per se, you know? I could find them attractive, but it's not enough for me to start growing feelings and emotions and stuff, you know? I felt yeah. it before, but I think it's possible. I just haven't. So I don't know how to go about it. When I think about dates these days or relationship, it's so, like, so much work. That's how I see. Okay. So thank you for that answer. So one thing that's important to know that First of all, dating is a, it is a process. It's an important process and it's a sorting process, but there also is a way to find the fun in dating because it sounds like one problem um, that you're having is just the fact that you're just like, oh, this is so much work. And so you're approaching dating with this feeling of like heaviness and obligation and it's going to be hard and it's going to be a struggle. And the thing is that we all as human beings we want to make ourselves right about whatever it is that we believe. So if we believe that dating is hard and is a struggle, we may not enjoy the fact that it's hard and a struggle, but we also get to be right. See, I knew it was hard and a struggle, right? So my first piece of advice is just to encourage that to consider how can I make dating fun? Is there a way for me to make this process fun? How can I find the excitement and the joy? Because honestly, like, we can get into a place of dating where it feels like work. And I've been there, Alvin. I know that phase of life. But when you think about it, it's like, well, what's the point of dating? You're dating because you're meeting people who you are potentially going to have intimacy with and fun and connection and intellectual stimulation and all of these amazing things. So it's like, this is exciting. So my first piece of advice is like, how can you get excited about dating? That's the first order of business. Once you get excited about dating and you accept the fact that like, okay, this is a process. I don't know exactly when I'm going to meet this person. It could be tomorrow. It could be next month. It could be next year. And that's all okay because I have faith that I'm going to meet the right person as long as I'm doing what I can to show up in dating in a way that's going to make that most likely to happen. So number one, starting with that attitude and just that enthusiasm about dating, you know, is really important. I know that modern dating, especially if you're, you know, online and all of that, it can feel really, it can feel like work, but there's also ways to make it more enjoyable. So like, for instance, if you find that, and, and I don't know about you, Alvin, this is for everyone in the room. If you find that you spend all of this time like swiping, 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 and maybe like, you know, you get some matches, but they're kind of like lackluster. You're like, eh, you're not that excited about anyone. And it's just like, eh. okay, first of all, let's stop and take a step back. Let's look at your profile. 
Let's look at the story that you're telling. Let's look at the energy that you are bringing in your profile, number one, right? And so when you do that and you're like, I'm making an effort here, I've got photos that are really showing my personality and my vibe. I've got a bio that's, you know, saying something about who I am and what I care about. And I can talk more about bios if people have more questions about that. But you make sure that you're putting the right foot forward and then you pay attention to like, all right, who else is matching that energy? Because if you're kind of going out with a bunch of people who have the same sort of attitude towards dating that you do, which is just like, I kind of have to get through this and have a polite conversation and and like kind of hope for the best. I mean, I'm not saying don't ever go out with those people, but I would love to see you prioritizing people who have a little bit more excitement and energy as well. Does that make sense? And I would love to hear what Amari has to share with you. But before we go to Amari, Alvin... Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes, of course, I hear you. Uh, this is a nice uh, insight. Thanks. Fantastic. Amari. Yeah, so I second the fun. I think oftentimes we don't necessarily realize that we are laying out a foundational template for how our dating experience is going to go before we even start the dating process. And as Franny mentioned, like you, you want to find the fun. And so you probably, if you're looking at my avatar right now, if you're listening to this, you clearly can't see this, but whenever I'm at work, I wear a crown. <laughs> and that crown is to remind all of us to play more because we're going to be the most attractive, the most engaging, the most fascinating when we're in a state of passionate play. And so when we think about dating, we will often say, it's work, it's hard, I got to do all this stuff. But we've already decided before we even go out there that it's going to be a struggle. But what what happened if we decided we were going to go and have a good time no matter what, right? Like the way that we show up always determines what's reflected back to us. And so what I always instruct my clients to do before going on a date, before getting on a dating app. And, and when I say before, I mean like each time. So let's say you go on once a day before you get on the app, take a moment and center yourself and literally say to yourself, oh, this is about to be fun. I'm excited to see who I meet from this experience, right? Just that little mental energy grounding shifts the way you approach it because we all, whether we realize it or not, are really good at sensing other people's energies, right? Like sometimes you meet someone for the first time, you're like, "Mm, I don't know, it's something about them that I don't like and I don't even have any information. There's just something I don't like. Or you meet someone and you're like, oh my God, like that person is really dope. You still have the same amount of information, (laughs) but for whatever reason, energetically, you sense a different energy from them, right? You sense a different vibe from them. And the same is true, whether we're interacting in person or online or through a dating app, we can all still feel those same energetic frequencies, no matter what we're doing. And so when you get on those apps, really set the intention for yourself to be present, to have a good time, to find something from every single profile you swipe right on that's interesting or fascinating. Because the other part of being attractive, of connecting with people is being interested in who they are and what they do. And we can't simultaneously be interested and annoyed at the same time. And so that whole decision that dating is hard or frustrating or whatever is that sense of annoyance. And so we have to consciously decide to shift that energy and approach it differently or else that's what we're going to create. And it's really hard to find anything when we've decided it's already lost. 
or when we've decided it's difficult. And so another way to think about this is the difference between hope and faith. When you hope to find love, hope is simply a wish that's surrounded by doubt, right? So I hope that it happens, but I don't think it is, right? I hope to find love on this dating app, but it's normally a a shit show and frustrating and annoying, right? However, faith is, oh, this is done already. Like, I already know this is about to happen. Finding the love of my life is inevitable, Like, this is about to be cool to see how the process develops and takes me to that destination that I'm already sure is about to happen, right? And so nothing changed about who we met on those dating apps. We haven't even met anyone yet, but just the mindset that we approach it with is going to determine everything. Alvin, what do you think? That's a... Have some sense there. Yeah, definitely would be positive, more positive. Yeah. Okay, great. (laughs) I hope that you come back and, you know, and let us know how it's going and if you started to have, but I also just, you know, one thing that I would encourage you to do, and this is for everyone, this is just a little general sort of dating advice is we are very much conditioned to think that love and chemistry and, you know, attraction, it's all supposed to just be this like instant thing that happens and we know it right away and like it's fireworks. And that is I'm not saying that instant chemistry can't happen because obviously it has. I'm sure we've all felt it. And as we all know, it's a highly unreliable indicator of long-term compatibility and success. The thing about dating with intention is about taking more responsibility on yourself to see like, all right, I need to show up in a way where I can see if I can co-create that chemistry. Like when Amari was talking about you know, his acronym, his match in those five different principles. I don't want to miscall it. What do you call your acronym, Amari? Yeah, the match acronym. How to know if someone's a great fit for you. Right. How to know if someone's a great fit for you. You know, and the A is attraction. And it doesn't mean that you see each other and it's a lightning bolt. It just means that you are able to co-create that chemistry together. So when you go on a date, as long as someone, and you said that you're going out with people, they're attractive. So it's not like you don't find them attractive. So I would encourage you to really lean in, look for the good. I mean, how is your flirting ability? You know, you want to bring some of that energy to see, because when you bring that energy to a date, then you have the potential for that person sitting across from you to pick up on that energy, start returning it to you. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, at first it was kind of like, all right, it was a little, but now I just feel more connected to this person. Not that you're necessarily going to be ripping each other's clothes off on the first date, nor am I recommending that um, if you're looking for a relationship. But the point is that you're starting to generate some more of that chemistry and more of that energy between you. And then you see like, okay, you know, this little spark of something, now can we grow this as we get to know each other? So I just encourage you to be intentional when you're going on dates. This is for everyone. Don't just go on a date and kind of have the energy of just, well, you know, show me something. She like, show me something like that's worth getting excited about, which is a very easy energy to bring to a date, especially when you're dating a lot versus going into a date with the energy of, hi, who are you? I'm really interested to get to know who you are and what you care about and see if we can co-create something together. And it's just a whole different approach to dating. And it's one that's much more focused on what you're creating together versus looking to that person to be like, you know, this perfect person who you feel so inspired by. Does that make sense, Alvin? Yeah, it does. There's a lot of sense there. Thank you guys uh, so much. I appreciate the comments and the recommendations. 
Great. So glad to hear that. All right. Like I said, I want you to come back and let us know how it goes. So <laughs> thank you, Alvin. All right, Jason. Hello. I just saw your bio and I don't know if you have a question or you had something that you wanted to add to the conversation, but welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really wanted to add something to the conversation. I'm not a dating coach per se, but I do help men step into their own power by helping them create compassion without losing what it means to be a man. And one thing that I've found is that a lot of the foibles that people go through have to do with anticipation and expectation. The anticipation of something happening and then expecting that's going to happen without any real evidence to support that what they want to have happen is going to come about. And one thing I like to remind people is to shift from anticipation and expectation to surprise and delight. Be surprised by the experiences that you encounter because you have an expectation of what's going to happen and be delighted with what you are experiencing so that you can continue to feel gratitude for yourself, for others, and be able to have a much better sense of wanting to create connections with everyone you meet because you never know when the person you connect with is going to be that one that is going to be the one. Jason, thank you for that so much. I love that surprise and delight. And that's kind of what I was, I mean, you just said that so well, that surprise, that delight, that gratitude, going into any type of romantic dating situation with that energy, it just brings so much goodness, brings so much higher energy, so much more potential for flow and connection. So thank you so much for that, Jason. I totally, I totally agree. So appreciate your addition. And next up, we have Jalen. Hi, Jalen. Welcome to the stage. Did you have a question for us? Hello. Um, yes, I do. So I'm 20. So I was wondering if you all could share a little bit about dating in your 20s, early 20s. And you mentioned speaking on like bio, which you should put in your bio, because I especially, I don't know what it is for everybody else, but a lot of the times people, you'll say, what are you looking for? And some people are like, oh, I'm just kind of like going with the flow. And that's not really tangible when you're looking to be just dating, not necessarily looking for a relationship. Like I'm open, of course, but it's just really with the intention to get to like know people. I don't really know how to flirt that well, or at least I don't think I do. Like on the spot when I really like someone, I'm just like, oh, okay, why am I speaking like this? So just like tips on that and possibly tips on flirting. I love tips on flirting as well. Ooh, Jalen, you came to the right place. Okay, so Amari, will you take the question about dating in your 20s? And then I'm going to talk about the bio. And then we're both going to talk about flirting, which is the best topic. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, in the spirit of full disclosure, I'm only 20 as well. So <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the cool thing about dating in your 20s. Like a lot of the advice that we're going to give applies no matter what your age is. The core components of finding love, attracting love, manifesting love, however you want to look at it, are the same regardless of what our age is. The difference is the younger we are, in a lot of ways, we don't necessarily have the clarity of experience in terms of, oh, I dated somebody like this before. I already know that it's not for me. And so here are the things I didn't like. And so I can take what I didn't like and like clarify what I want instead. We might not have a lot of dating experience 
in our early 20s, but we can still be really successful at the dating. And so my advice for you would first be to, and this is technically for everybody. So if you haven't done this already, definitely do this. Write down what you want your relationship to be like, not just what you want from a partner, but like, imagine that it's the night before your one year anniversary with the love of your life, right? And do like a journal entry for that date. And so talk about what's happening. Where are you? Is it daytime or nighttime? Are you indoors or outdoors? Like, what's the weather like? What Set the whole scene, right? Like, what are you Come doing? Come on, scripting. That it sounds like yes. scripting. <laughs> it is. It's for sure scripting. But it's also like, there's a, a couple of different processes that this could kind of fit into. There's also like the remembering process, like all kinds of stuff like that. But this is really around charging the subconscious mind to be open to exactly what you're looking for. But what we often do, because when our goals are short-term, like I want to find the person, we can put a whole lot of pressure in the here and now um, such that it sabotages the future that we actually intend to create. And so whenever we want to manifest, and this is like a manifestation masterclass, by the way, for those of you listening. So whenever we want to manifest anything and we experience that resistance to it, like, oh, I'm trying, but I feel like I'm trying too hard or it's too much work or it's not coming fast enough. We need to shift the magnitude of the priority, like shift the relative importance of that thing in our lives. And one of the ways we can do that is instead of intending to manifest the thing we want as the ultimate goal, find something that would happen beyond that, such that if we achieve that particular manifestation, what we wanted would be an inevitable step along the way. Making that really practical, here's what I mean. If you say want to hire, and, and this is totally left field, nothing to do with relationships, but technically it kind of is because everything is the same thing. But say you had a business and you wanted to hire a marketing manager, right? And you've been struggling to find the right person and everything else. And like, you just putting a whole lot of weight and energy into hiring a marketing manager. But that's because you've been focusing on that small step versus saying, oh, what I really want to do once I've achieved having a marketing manager is like, take my company to, I'm just going to make up a number, a million in revenue or whatever, right? I need a marketing manager to get there. So that's my actual goal. What are some things, other things that I can do that would make that goal inevitable? And then as you plan out what those objectives are that take you there, as you work through that process, you automatically will end up finding the right person too, because you took the pressure off of it just being them. Applying that back to relationships, if instead of focusing on, I have to find this person on the app tonight, you go to, oh, it's the day before my one year anniversary, right? You've already accomplished it. And you allow yourself to let go of the pressure of not having it. And you focused instead on, I already have it. So I'm already chill, right? Like when you know that that direct deposit <laughs> is about to hit at midnight, you're not stressed about having money two days from now because you know it'll be here tomorrow, right? So it's it's that same kind of concept. You shift it to knowing it's already done. So it allows you to be chill in the process of discovering it. So that's the first part. Write that journal from the night before your one-year anniversary with your partner. The second part of that, and technically you could do this part first, is making a list of the things that you want in a partner, the list of things that you need, and the way you can do that, have you ever dated before, Jalen? Like, have you been in dating situations or in relationships at all yet? 
Never. Cool, cool. So here's what you can do. Think about people you've had crushes on. Think about people you really like, right? And make a list of the top five things you like about each of those people and the top five things you don't like. And you might be like, wait, but they're my crush. I like everything about them. I bet you don't. And if you just ask yourself the question and let yourself go through it, there'll be a few things you're like, oh, okay, got it. These would be some things I don't necessarily like. They aren't necessarily deal breakers, but things that aren't the best quality. It's like, he's cute, but he kind of (laughs) like, I notice he picks his nose sometimes or whatever, right? I'm just making up crazy stuff, but there's going to be something. And you make that list for say three to five people, five things you like about them, five things you don't. And then you notice the traits that repeat over and over, right? So the things that you want or the things that you like that repeat over and over, those are generally things that you're going to need for sure from a partner. And the things that you don't like over and over, you want to invert them. So say the person wasn't really driven, right? Like maybe they were like lazy. So you really want somebody who is driven. So you would invert that to being driven. And then you take all the inversions and all the things that you like and create this master list and rank them all most important to least important. And then take the top 10 as the things you're most concerned with determining if someone has the capacity to fulfill. Okay. So now you have this list of 10 things, not a hundred, not a thousand, because it's not practical. You won't remember them all, but we can remember 10 things. The top five would technically be your non-negotiables. But for you, I want you to focus less on It's a non-negotiable and focus more on getting to know people who seem like they have those qualities just as a friend, right? Don't even worry about the dating part. Just build friendships with people who have those qualities because here's the hack. Friendship is actually the number one component of chemistry, of connection, of love. Technically, there are four components and I I relate them to the four elements, air, fire, water, and earth. And so the air element is going to be that compatibility, right? The communication, the values, that part of things, the mental compatibility. The water element is the emotional compatibility. And that's where friendship comes in. That's emotional intimacy. The fire element is going to be the the actual physical chemistry, like the attraction. And then the earth element is going to be the consistency over time. Okay. And so obviously you don't get the earth element on day one. That's getting to know them over time develops that. And Time itself is connected to the earth element. So often what we try to do, these are also the same elements that create chemistry just in general. Often what we try to do is add too much earth and we know earth puts out the fire. So when we try to make stuff happen really fast, we're adding too much earth to the process and the fire goes out. So it's like letting yourself chill in the friendship piece is an easy way to not have the expectations or the pressure um, for everything else. And it will naturally form on its own especially when you're just starting out dating. So get to know people as friends, use that list. And as you get to know them, notice what other traits come up for you. And then go back to that list and like add those new traits to the list and rank them appropriately. And so after a while, you have this really succinct list from actual experience of getting to know people. And now you're like, oh, these are the things I want. This person already has it. We're already friends. Like things are already vibing. And in general, if they're going to be good for you, like the connection will start to naturally evolve in that direction too, as you recognize that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Cool. So that would be my advice for you. You are welcome. Thanks for the question. 
Wow, that was a <laughs> I hope I hope you were writing that down, Jalen. I wrote everything <laughs> down. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So I wanted to uh, give you some advice about your dating profile. So this is another this is another little note-taking situation, but I'll, I'll be succinct. So your profile should contain these five elements. And you can do this in five sentences. You can do this in five paragraphs, but this is uh, what I recommend. So number one, this is who I am. So you want to brainstorm five to seven adjectives to describe yourself. You can ask your friends, how would you describe me to somebody that you were setting me up on a date with? Just get a good list of adjectives, ways to describe yourself that you can work with, and then just pick a few. You don't have to throw everything in there, but just pick a few that just, you want to give a few just specific adjectives that just bring a little flavor, right? So for instance, you could have a sentence that's like, you know, I'm a confident, curious, my mind is blanking, but I'm doing this off the top of my head, but like, you know, I'm confident, curious, and lover of life, right? I'm a confident, curious lover of life. Very simple sentence, but you know, it gives you a little vibe. So that's number one, this is who I am. Number two, this is how I live my life, or this is what I care about. So, you know, in that first sentence, you're literally just describing yourself in a few, you know, in a few words. And the second sentence, you're just giving some specific examples of some things that you like, that you like to do, how you spend your time, what you really care about. So you can also just do a brainstorm of, okay, what are five to seven of my favorite things to do. You know, how do I like to spend my free time? Imagine if you had a day all to yourself to do whatever you wanted, what would you do on that day as a way to get those juices flowing? And then again, you can do this in one sentence. You can also elaborate and do this in two, three, four sentences, you know, but it doesn't have to be. Just give a few examples in one sentence, you know. I love taking long walks with my dog. I'm reading whatever, nonfiction and Netflix binges and, you know, shopping with my friends. Whatever it is that you love to do is bringing those specific examples that, you know, add that is number two. Number three, you want to say something about the person that you want to meet. This is a big thing a lot of people just neglect in their profiles. Like you really want to think about that person who you want to date reading your profile and you want them to think, oh, this person seems cool. This person seems interesting. Ah, this person also seems like they're looking for someone like me. So in one sentence, again, you can do this or you can elaborate, obviously. But think of what are some of those characteristics? What are some of those adjectives to describe the person that you want to meet? And then you can just say that again. You know, I hope to meet someone who is kind, confident, you know, likes to stay active, whatever, right? Again, you can do that really briefly. Number four, you want to say, this is what I want with that person, right? Or this is what I'm looking for. Again, I know a lot of people don't want to say what they're looking for in their profiles because it feels too vulnerable, but you're here for a reason. And if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, that's fine. You can say that as well. You can think about this for yourself. Okay, what am I looking for? Am I looking right now because I want a lasting relationship? Am I right now more interested in 
spending time getting to know people, but not necessarily looking for something long-term? Am I looking for something that's super casual? Like, or whatever, just be honest with yourself for everybody who's listening about what it is that you're looking for. And if you're looking for marriage, family, you know, to be with someone for the rest of your life, know that as well. I'm not going to tell you to say it exactly that way in your profile, but this is what you can do. So once you have the sense of what you're looking for, then you can say, so you've had this sentence now where you're saying, you know, I hope to meet someone who is, you know, X, Y, and Z. And now next sentence, you can say, you know, someone who like me is looking for a lasting connection, like someone who is, you know, who wants to find somebody to build a life with someone who is looking to meet new people and enjoy summer in LA or wherever you happen to live, you know, like just say what you're looking for in a way that somebody, again, who's looking for that same thing would be like, oh yeah, I'm also looking for a lasting connection. Oh yeah. I'm also looking for somebody I can potentially build a life with. Yeah. I'm also looking just to spend time with people and have some fun and explore the city, whatever that is. And then the last thing, so to recap very quickly, this is for anyone who's come in. These are the five things to include in your dating profile bio. Number one, this is who I am. Just brainstorm some adjectives to describe yourself or ask a friend how they would describe you to someone they were setting you up on a date with. Number two, this is how I live my life slash what I care about. And this is where you bring some specific examples of things that you like to do or things that you care about. You know, you're really painting that picture. Number three, this is who I hope to meet. Again, do a little brainstorm. You know, what are the characteristics? What are the values? What are the qualities of the person that you want to meet? Number four, this is what I'm looking for with that person. Whether you're looking for somebody who's also looking for a lasting connection, et cetera, et cetera. And then the fifth and final thing, this is just a little button on the end of your profile, which is this is why you should contact me. So if you think in marketing, this is called a call to action, right? So somebody reads all this like, okay, yeah, they sound cool. They sound interesting. Oh, they sound like they might be looking for somebody like me, all of that. Then it's like just a little button at the end of your profile that makes it really easy for someone to reach out to you. And it can be as simple as if this sounds like you, or if you think we'll get along, I look forward to hearing from you. If you are down to figure out how to make virtual dating fun, like let's talk. If you want to help me find the best margarita in town, let's do it. You know, just something that gives somebody an easy way to be like, yes, I want to do that. Yes, I'm down for that. And it's just a nice, easy entry. So that's my dating bio advice. Is that helpful, Jalen? Absolutely. Excellent. Okay. And then your final question was about flirting, which is one of my very, very, very favorite topics. Um, and I know Amari loves talking about it too, because it is so important. So Jalen, the fact that you're 20 years old and you're like, I don't know if I'm that great at flirting, but I want to get better. I just, I wish that I had the presence of mind to say that when I was 20, because I didn't know how to flirt. And I didn't realize it was a skill that you could actually improve. So I just thought I was doomed to never be able to flirt. So I'm so glad that you are not going to waste all that time like I did. All right. <laughs> so flirting is a foundational, foundational, foundational skill. Flirting, as I define it, the essence of flirting, its actions, its behaviors designed to make another person feel seen, special, and acknowledged. That's the core. That's the essence of what flirting is. There are lots of different styles of flirting. 
you can flirt in a way that's very overt. It could be sexual. It could be obvious. It could be when we probably typically think of flirting, we think of things that are more overt. So those of you who are fans of the Golden Girls, think Blanche Devereaux. She's my hero. <laughs> and then, you know, there's a complimentary style of flirting where you give a lot of compliments and that flattery. That's a style of flirting. Another style of flirting is, you know, to be very touchy-feely. Another style of flirting is to be very playful and teasing. Another style of flirting, which is my favorite style of flirting, is to be very attentive and to just do a very good job of just conveying that energy of like, oh, I'm just so interested in you. I find you so fascinating, right? So there are lots of different ways to flirt, but at their core, they're all really designed to make another person feel seen, special, and acknowledged, all three, okay? So the, that's what flirting is. Now, the reasons why flirting is so important, because there are multiple reasons why it's important. Number one, it's important to convey interest. So this is kind of the typical way we think about flirting, which is, oh, I like that person and I want them to know. That's one purpose of flirting. Another purpose of flirting, and we touched on it already a little bit, which is to co-create chemistry or to spark chemistry with another person. Sometimes, you know, you're not already, you're not attracted to someone yet, but by flirting with them, you actually give yourself an opportunity and them an opportunity to see if like, oh, actually we can still co-create something here. It doesn't always work, but it actually works a lot of the time when you have that intention and you give that energy to someone else. Because when we feel another person is making that effort to make us feel seen and special and acknowledged, then we tend to just naturally be more, find ourselves feeling like more warmly towards them. And so we return that energy and then it just starts this nice virtuous cycle. So co-creating chemistry, sparking chemistry, that's another really important purpose of flirting. Another purpose of flirting is to maintain chemistry. So you meet somebody, great, you're super attracted to each other, great, all the chemistry, the sparks are flying, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? When you get into a relationship, you're not going to just naturally maintain that level of intensity of chemistry. You're just not. Like your brain chemistry, it doesn't work. You, you wouldn't get anything done, you know. <laughs> but you also want to make sure that you're not just going into like, oh, now we're just friends who live together. So you want to actively be co-creating chemistry with your partner. And flirting is the way to do that. I mean, there's other things obviously to do, but flirting is the foundation of that. So that's another purpose of flirting and why flirting is a skill to develop now. So when you're in the relationship, the relationship is more likely to be able to last and keep that romance and that spark going. And then another purpose of flirting is to have fun and to enjoy yourself and to activate magnetism and flow. And, you know, Alvin, we were talking about this a little bit with you earlier, which is like, you know, we're going on these dates and it's easy to go on dates and to feel like this obligation, like, okay, here I am. And it's almost like a job interview. And I'm just like hoping to get lucky and hoping something like jumps off. Whereas if you actually go into a date with the energy of like, I'm open, I'm excited to meet this person. I'm excited to see if there's a potential for us to co-create something really special here together. You bring a different energy to that. And when you bring that energy, you're going to find yourself having more fun. You're going to find yourself having more connection with other people because they're picking up on that energy. And you're also going to find yourself receiving more of that energy because they're going to just automatically send that back to you. Flirting, super duper important. Number one foundational flirting skill is eye contact. 
So Jalen, I have a question for you. How good are you at making eye contact with someone when you are attracted? I would say very, but it's sometimes, now I'll I'll say this, I'll say it's more, I I have more eye contact with somebody that I'm not usually attracted to like that. And then when it comes to someone that I am interested in, it's, I wouldn't say that I just look all over the place. But I try to distract myself sometimes. Okay, so that's really normal. So eye contact, it is intimate. That's why it feels scary. That's why it feels vulnerable. But that's also why it's so important. The great thing about eye contact is that it is a skill. And so you can practice. So I would just encourage you to start practicing your eye contact just in general, just even when you go to the store and somebody is checking you out. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean checking you out. I mean, like ringing you up. <laughs> like the cashier is like ringing you up the cash register, like actually look in their eyes when you're talking to them. You know, when you see your neighbor, like actually look into their eyes when you're saying, oh, hey, how are you? Or how was your day or whatever? Like just start to practice that. Don't wait until it's somebody that you're attracted to. Don't wait until it's somebody that you know is available or anything. Just start doing that as a way to just train yourself and just desensitize yourself from that discomfort. Because the thing that practicing eye contact is a really great, great, great shortcut to being more vulnerable in general. And vulnerability is required for real intimacy it might seem like, oh, this is just a practice and exercise and maybe to like help me get dates, but it's actually so much deeper than that. So I've been talking a lot. Amari, what do you have to share with everyone about flirting? I'll put this in the context of chemistry slash passion, okay? And so this is both how to create chemistry, but also how to keep the passion alive once you're in a relationship. And as usual for me, everything connects to the element. So for those of you who don't know, my whole like universe is called Love Alchemy, which is all about transforming your love life from one form to another, specifically going from jaded, frustrated, single, and becoming a confident, competent love magnet. And so all the things are really grounded in the elements. And so it just makes things easy to remember. And for chemistry, there are these four components that I've found that relate as well. The first thing in terms of like, creating the chemistry or keeping it alive, you have to have novelty, right? Like the newness, the freshness is one of the things that keeps us passionate, keeps us interested, keeps us enthused. And so that's often easy when you first meet someone, often easiest, okay? Because they are new. So there's like this automatic interest because it's a new person, but the newness by itself does not chemistry make, okay? So you also need that emotional arousal, the emotional connection. And so this is really about getting to know someone. This is where that interest comes into play, asking questions that get to know the person on that deeper level. And so another way you can think about this is whenever we want to know someone whenever we want to be known, the first thing that we have to do is like ask questions. We're always more interesting when we're interested. And so we can think about this in terms of like 
curiosity and mystery as well, right? If we don't know someone, we're more likely to ask questions. But usually in like a longer term relationship, one of the reasons passion tends to go down over time is because we think we know everything about our partners. So we stop asking questions. It's not that they got boring. It's we stop being curious. And so people are naturally going to be much more interesting when we are interested in them. So that piece. And then Taking it back to that emotional arousal, this is not just about connecting on that friendship level, but this is also about doing things together that arouse the emotions. And so some examples of this are like going to a scary movie or a kickboxing class or getting on a roller coaster, like anything that on its own creates an emotional response in your body. But the trick here is doing it with the person that you're interested in or with your partner, because then those emotions, since you're experiencing it together and likely you're experiencing the same emotions at the same time because of that experience, you're on that same plane of emotional resonance, which increases the chemistry between you. Um, It's a very fascinating thing. Just go watch a scary movie together, (laughs) but you got to do it together. You can't do it separately. Got to do it together. So I'll just say that again. So we have the curiosity which is connected to the air element. So communication, all of that. You have the emotional arousal, which is the water element. And then you have the novelty, which is the fire element. And naturally, as I said earlier, over time, like the earth element, if you're burning a fire, it's naturally going to create ashes, right? So the earth element is actually what puts the passion out. The longer we're together, the more the passion goes down. And most people don't know this, but no matter what relationship you're in or who you're with, for all of us, passion naturally decreases at around the two-year mark in a relationship, which is why you have to learn what to do, what habits to create that keep those three things alive that I just mentioned before. How to keep asking questions of your partner so that you stay interested, how to continue to do things together so that you have that novelty, new things, going to a new restaurant, um, experiencing a new travel experience or situation. And then of course, the novelty. So those are the three things that create chemistry and also keep the chemistry going when you're in a relationship. Mind if I add something? Uh, Go for it, Jason. So when it comes to communicating, which is really what you're doing with flirtation, there are three things that you really need to keep in mind. First of all is the interactive zones. There's four of them. There's the public zone, the social zone, the private zone, and the intimate zone. How to interact with someone in all four of those zones is going to create a natural progression towards wanting to learn more about a person and get them to interact with you to get you to the next level with them. In regards to the eye contact, While it is very key, it's also important to know how to have eye contact. And there's three ways. If you want to think about it, think about it like using a triangle. So with business, you want to focus on the eyes and the forehead. That lets you know that you're just there for a professional interaction. For friends, you want to focus on between the eyes and the chin. For intimacy, for attraction, you want to focus on between the eyes and the supersternal notch, which is that hollow at your neck. That's going to let the person that you're interacting with know that you're interested in them. And in, in turn, it's going to create a psychological cue that they want to be interested in you. And then finally, ask what and how, label why, and get that's right. So what I mean by that is ask questions that start with what, what or how. What is it you do? How long have you been in that? What got you started there? Uh, how did you get to this in the first place? Things like that. 
And then label what? It seems like you're really passionate about X so that they can give you a that's right answer because that's going to get you closer to understanding their quote unquote religion, the thing that really drives them. And when they feel like you understand what drives them, that's going to make them want to be interested in you even more. So understand the social zones, understand how to create eye contact. Also, when you are connected with someone, when you have eye contact 80% of the time, it shows you're interested. When you have eye contact more than that, it lets someone know that you are trying to intimidate them. And I can understand, uh, Jalen, why sometimes you might be hesitant to have more eye contact than not, because you don't want to come off as intimidating. You want to come off as being social, as being friendly. So knowing that by having eye contact with them 80% of the time, and then also gazing at that super subtle notch every now and then is going to let them know that you're interested, you're not intimidating, and you want to get to know them even more. And then finally, the ask what and how, label why, and get a that's right answer. Thank you, Jason. I love that advice. The eye contact zones, that's a good one. And also, I think just just on that questioning, I like your framework, Jason. And I also just encourage people always to... Whatever questions you're asking, just make sure it's a question that you care about the answer to, because that's going to just really translate. And, um, and I also prefer, especially when it comes to things like talking about people's jobs and things like that, you know, what we do for work is certainly important because it's a big part of our lives and all of that. However, I always encourage people to talk more about, well, if you're going to talk about work, talk about what you love about what you do. Or if you don't love what you do, you know, what you would do if you could do anything, because I, I care about the why underneath everything, you know, as Jason was mentioning, the why is so important. Excellent. I want to take a moment to reset the room and welcome those who have come in. Welcome. This is True Love Tuesday. I am Francesca. I'm joined by my co-host and my friend, Amari Ice, and we are giving dating advice today. We are actually going to, we're going to wrap up this room in a little bit because Dr. Fauci is on Clubhouse <laughs> in 25 minutes and I personally want to be in that room. So we're going to wrap by then for sure. But Jalen, I want to make sure that we gave you some good actionable advice and how you're feeling right now. Yes. Thank you. Um, I'm just I want tips, but it's also just, I want to just like experience and I didn't do a lot of dating in high school. So it's not necessarily, I want to do it right, but I just, I just need to understand everything. So I'm just going to use those tips and just experience for the most part. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'll just add one more thing to that. I, I love the the fact that you mentioned, you know, not having a lot of dating experience before and wanting to get it right. Like this is something that so many of us struggle with, that wanting to get it right. And so what I'd offer you is if you go in it with the perspective that, oh, I'm just here to learn and have a good time, then getting it right is an unnecessary thing to have to focus on because that is often the thing that sabotages us or makes us do too much or be awkward because we're trying to get it right rather than just be ourselves because you already know how to be yourself. You already know how to, you know, just chill and hang out. And like when you do that, when you treat people like people, that's when you actually build those authentic connections. So you don't have to get it right. Just go in with the desire to learn from the experience and then incorporate what you learned into the next day you go on and you'll be fine. I completely second that. I was going to say the same thing, Jalen. Don't feel like there's, you are so young 
And it's such a beautiful time to be, you know, of, of life and just explore and use dating as the amazing, amazing opportunity it is to learn so much about yourself, about other people, about how to connect, about how to show up with authenticity, how to show up with true self-worth, you know, how to communicate, how to communicate healthy boundaries. Like there's just so many amazing lessons that you learn through dating and I'm excited for you and don't worry about, yeah, like everything Amari said, I totally co-sign. Okay, hun. And come back Thank and see you us. so much, guys. Thank you. Okay, of course. And Jalen, also fill out your bio, please, honey, so people can learn a little bit about you. Okay, so next up, we have Neha. Hello, welcome to the stage. Welcome to True Love Tuesday. What is your question? Hi, Francesca. Hi, Amari. This is my first time here and uh, it's been a pleasure listening to you guys. So my question is more related to like kind of just dating like once like you've kind of moved past like the initial stage of like getting to know each other, like each other's job and what they like. And, you know, if we're getting along, I feel like there's this thing that I always wonder about is whether they how good they are like at more serious things. So like harder conversations, either like regarding their past or the future and like what they want out of life. I think I'm kind of speaking from just experience of being in relationships with people who are afraid of confrontation. And I I feel like that's just something that is like a kind of like a deal breaker for me now moving forward. But I kind of curious to know, like, if there's any advice that you would give on trying to figure out, you know, how they are at harder conversations. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So when you say harder conversations, do you mean more serious conversations that are about values, about what they're looking for in a relationship? Do you or do you mean when conflict arises? So I think it's a bit of both. I would like to know about like their beliefs and values and, you know, yeah, even with like conflict, I kind of want to know like how they react and like, and also just like act in if there was to be an argument. So like if they raise their voice or if they're kind of have a bad temper or something like that, how is it possible to kind of get to know that a little early on? Yeah. So, okay. So thank you for your question, Neha. And I'm, I'm actually really excited because Amar, I, I'm excited for Amari to talk to you because I, I know he has some things to say. <laughs> and I think trust would be a great, if you weren't already thinking it, Amari, but I think trust would be a great thing to talk to Neha about and learning to trust herself some more. But Neha, I'm wondering in terms of the more serious questions about you know, values, what they believe, what they're looking for in a relationship, what story, why does that feel hard? Because do you feel that you don't know how to bring it up or do you feel self-conscious or fearful about bringing it up? I think so. One, it's just that I've had experiences where I've been in a relationship and they've kept things from me or that even when I did try to have conversations, they wouldn't respond in a way that that was really, they weren't honest. And so 
and kind of going forward, I feel like, I don't know if there's like this, I don't know, like a weird thing where people, you know, people are like, oh, don't, you know, don't move too fast. Or like, if I ask a guy on like the third date, if he wants kids, like that's too soon. Like, why are you already thinking about that? And it's not because I want kids with him. It's just, I just want his take on it. But it's, I, I guess I'm kind of scared to feel judged or, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. So number one, when you're dating and you're looking for a relationship, then I, I understand that we, especially as, especially as, um, as women, like, you know, anybody who was raised as a girl in this culture and our culture, we've gotten much, much, much programming that we have to be sure not to like pressure a man or scare him off or come off across as desperate or thirsty or all of those things. So there's a lot of conditioning that makes us as women feel like I have to make myself really palatable and I have to find a way to make whatever I have to say to a man really palatable so he doesn't freak out, right? So I would encourage, I encourage everyone to just recognize that those sorts of beliefs that we have and that conditioning that we have, because it is, um, it is, it is absolutely the case that when you are dating someone that you should be having these conversations. And if you were to date someone who thinks that talking about like, so what do you see for your future? Like, do you want to have a family? Do you want to have kids one day? Like, if someone takes that as like, whoa, 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 I just met you. And why are you asking me all these questions? And that's a lot of pressure. Like, guess what? Like, that's his problem. That's not yours. And I don't want you to internalize that because that just lets you know, okay, well, first of all, dude, I just met you. I don't even know if I want to see you again, <laughs> much less want you to be the father of my children, right? So if anybody's taking it in that way, that's a reflection of them. And that's just a sign for you. This isn't the person for you. So just the story that if I bring it up, it's going to be perceived this way is a story that I really encourage you to release. And in fact, use the fact that you know what kind of relationship you want and that you have a vision for what you want feel very empowered to like know like, okay, well, this is what I want. So my job here is to see who am I compatible with, who shares the same values as I do, who shares the same vision as I do, because that's the only way I'm going to get what I want is by finding those people and prioritizing them. So that's just some overall advice that I have. It's so, we're so conditioned to think when it comes to dating that we need everyone to like us. And it's like, if somebody doesn't want to continue to date us, then we've been quote unquote rejected and we failed and, you know, we're going to be alone forever and all of this. And I encourage everyone to just shift that and just realize, well, this is actually not about getting a bunch of people who don't want the same things that I want to like me. This is about me finding the right people because there's more than one and seeing like, okay, can we connect? Like, can we co-create a vision of a relationship that works for both of us and focus on the people who are showing you that they're capable of that and not letting all the people who aren't capable of that now derail you and demoralize you and cause you to kind of shrink yourself because when you're shrinking yourself, now the people who are right for you might miss you because you're not showing up as you, right? So 
there's a lot to undo when it comes to all of our conditioning around love. I, I talk about this all the time. We're recording right now, you know, for my podcast. It's called Dear Franny. I encourage you all to check it out if this is interesting to you. But I talk a lot about the fairy tale industrial complex and all of this messages and programming that we've gotten, especially as women, that we really we have to start to examine and to challenge if we actually want to have true love. So that didn't directly maybe answer your question, but this is really what's going on underneath it. From my perspective, Neha, I hope that that is helpful and resonates. And also Amari has something that he would like to share with you. But before Amari starts, Neha, does that make sense? Is that helpful? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think my bigger, I guess, uh, problem is trying to be myself, totally be myself with people and not worry about how they or what they think of me. Because you're right, like they should be able to get to know me or the real me rather than be led into believing that I'm someone that I'm not. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You get to be you. you. Who you are is beautiful. And this is for all of us to remember because it can be so hard to be ourselves sometimes. And we do feel like we've got to be like everyone else or be more, you know, palatable or whatever. But, you know, no one... The only reason that anyone ever falls in love with another person is because they're unlike everyone else, right? No one's ever like, oh my God, he was so amazing. He's just like every other person I've ever met. (laughs) He's very palatable. He's just like middle of the road guy, you know? No one says that. Like we always love people because of their uniqueness. And so, so much of what we judge about ourselves as being like, you know, weird or wrong or whatever that's why somebody's going to love you. You know, I mean, that's not all of who you are, but that's a part of who you are. And I want everyone to feel really empowered to show up with authenticity in dating because that is the only way that you're actually going to find the people who are right for you. You can meet somebody who could be an amazing, amazing partner for you. But if you're showing up as the version of yourself that you think they want, you're selling yourself short, you're selling them short, and you are potentially missing out on what could be a great relationship. We all deserve to be ourselves. That's what we're here to be. We're not here to be anyone else. You will be a pale imitation of everyone else, and you'll be your most brilliant, your most beautiful as who you are and who you were born to be. So I'm ranting right now, but I'm very passionate about this topic. (laughs) And I also encourage everyone, um, because we are going to wrap this room. Dr. Fauci's coming to Clubhouse, everyone. I want to be in that room. Amari, In our last seven minutes, do you want to give Neha some of your amazing Amari Ice wisdom? Sure. So the thing that sticks out to me is really the challenge that you have around trusting. And so here's what I'll say. And this is true for all of us. Like whenever we say we have trust issues or whenever we have a pattern where trust is a problem, usually what we're really saying is that we don't trust ourselves to choose people who are good for us. And so if we don't trust ourselves, it's easy to be suspicious about anyone who we encounter. It's easy to wonder if they're telling us the truth. It's easy to not feel secure because we aren't trusting ourselves to be able to determine whether or not that person is trustworthy. And so to kind of compare this, right, if there is someone who actually isn't trustworthy, what we say is, oh, I just don't trust that person, right? But it's not a pattern of not trusting people. It's like that person is clearly untrustworthy and we feel at peace with that. (laughs) We just don't let them in. In terms of trusting ourselves, what that means is 
there are things that we aren't allowing ourselves to be, to experience, to explore. And often this is a, a function of perfectionism, meaning that we want so much to be perfect that we are afraid of making any mistake. So we don't allow the part of us that needs to grow the space and opportunity to go and learn so that it can grow and become an area of confidence for us. So in other words, if we aren't being ourselves, if we aren't giving ourselves that freedom, then we aren't getting the information that's allowing ourselves to have the clarity around what we want, around whether or not someone fits what we're looking for. We don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable in a way that shares our truth with other people. And we don't allow them the benefit of knowing what our truth, what our truth is so that they can determine if we're also good for them. Because it's not our job to decide if some if we're a good fit for someone else. It's our job to decide if they're a fit for us. But if we aren't trusting ourselves, we don't have access to our capacity to do that. We don't have access to our capacity to determine someone else's capacity to love us or to be our friend or to give us the things that we need or, you know, be a good partner in any capacity for us. That trust usually the trust issue specifically is usually something that comes from a long, long time ago in a childhood far away, right? Like there, there are often things that we experience as kids that made us believe that other people's guidance or insight or um, decisions were more important than our own. And that often convinced us that our voice wasn't important or couldn't be trusted. And so as adults, we don't just, you know, at the moment we turn 18, let go of that childhood program. We don't let go of those subconscious patterns, right? Like that is something we have to unlearn if it's something that we learned when we were a kid. Because of that, as adults, we are often going through a process of deconditioning ourselves from those particular patterns and programs in order to give ourselves the space and freedom again to learn in the way that kids do. Because when we think about little kids, like, they don't know a lot of things, but they're not afraid of the things that they don't know, right? They're like, oh, I've never been here. Let's go explore and see what happens. Oh, I've never, you know, tasted this food. I'm going to taste it and see what happens. Unless they were taught that it's somehow dangerous to learn, right? The only way we learn is by giving ourselves the space to do so. The only way we experience trust is by giving ourselves the space to make mistakes without judgment because that is the only way we can find out what's really right for us. And mistakes aren't, I don't see mistakes as like, oh my God, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Mistakes are really just what we need to do to learn, right? We don't, if we get everything right all the time, we're not learning anything. Learning only comes from those spaces where we didn't know. And now we do as a result of trying something out that didn't necessarily work. Or as a result of trying something that did work, but we compared that to other things that didn't work, right? So the, the trust always goes back to our internal level of permission that we give ourselves to be. And you've already mentioned that piece of it, right? Allowing yourself to be yourself. And so what I'd offer you is really, really making the decision to allow yourself to experience more of yourself. Because really what, what, what happens with trust is not that we just don't want to let other people in, but there are those same spaces within ourselves that we're afraid for other people to go that we're also afraid to go ourselves. 
And so as you allow yourself to go deeper within and to get comfortable with who you are at your core, you also become more comfortable with allowing other people the opportunity to experience that as well. Niha, does that, does that help? Yes, thank you. Thanks a lot, Amari. I think a bigger question or thing to kind of work on is like allowing myself to open up to to people more without this fear that they'll they'll not like me if they knew the real me or they won't like me if they dealt with a situation from my past accepting myself before expecting others to accept me thank you so much both of you it was a pleasure speaking with you guys it was a pleasure having you here. So thank you. Thank you for your beautiful questions and vulnerability. And when you come up here and you ask questions, it definitely, definitely helps so many other people. So just know that we really appreciate you. And I think the perfect way to end this room, I mean, we appreciate everyone who's here. Thank you so much for your time, for your attention. You know, please join us follow the True Love Society, go into Amari's profile and scroll down and find Love, Money, and Magic. It's the second icon in his profile. Um, And go ahead and follow. That's our other club. I want to just end with this quote that Amari just, you know, he just drops all these, all this fire and just like it's nothing. But he said, it's not our job to determine if we're a good fit for someone else. It's our job to determine if they're a good fit for us. And I just can't think of a better way to end. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Amari. Thank you to everyone who asked a question. And for those who we weren't able to bring up today, we see you, we appreciate you. And please come back. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed that whole conversation. So much great advice was given. Thank you to everybody who asked a question. And speaking of asking questions, if you missed it at the top of the show, I am so excited that season three of Dear Franny podcast is going to be me answering your questions. So I definitely want to hear from you. I'm looking forward to that. Please check the show notes for links so you can submit your question, so you can learn your dating archetype, so you can navigate dating with much more ease and success and flow and ultimately find true love because that's what it's all about. All right. I appreciate you so very, very much. Thank you for hanging in there with me with my inconsistent schedule. But season three, we're coming back. We're going to be regular every other Friday. So definitely stay tuned for that. And if you have not yet taken a moment to rate and review the podcast, I would love if you did that. And if you have done it, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I see you. I appreciate you. But it really does help. And if you just want to give a little tap, a little five-star tap in whichever app you're listening to this podcast, that would just be so, so, so appreciated. And of course, if you subscribe, that would also be so appreciated. And that way you'll be sure to never miss an episode. And if you are also inclined to go an extra step to actually write a review, then I also would incredibly appreciate that. But at the very least, you know, tapping those five stars, hitting that subscribe button, it only takes seconds and it definitely helps the podcast. And speaking of, if you have any friends who you think could benefit from the podcast, if you have any friends who you think could benefit from getting some really solid dating advice, then please let them know and please share the show because that is how the word spreads. So 
I appreciate you so much for listening wherever you are in the world. Thank you for taking some of your time to spend it with me. Please be sure to follow Amari. So Amari Ice, he's incredible. You heard how incredible he is. And he is Prince Amari on Instagram. I definitely, definitely, definitely recommend that you follow him on Instagram because he's always just generating like so much great advice and content. And even if you're not gay, even if you're not a black man, it doesn't matter. Amari has wisdom for us all, as I'm sure you've all heard by now. And you can also stay in touch with me. I am at Dear Franny on Instagram, at Dear Franny Podcast, also on Instagram. And I'm also at Dear Franny on Twitter and Facebook and Clubhouse. So I'm easy to find and I'd love to hear from you. So thank you very, very much. Be safe, be well, and I will see you soon for season three. All right, take care. 